Welcome to the Tech for Tech's Tech Talk, Episode 5, Q&A with Target Components. This is a live show. We are streaming live to the Tech for Tech Facebook group and page, YouTube, and Twitch. You will now be able to listen to the show afterwards on Apple, Amazon, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify post, uh, podcasts. I'm your host, Philip Griffiths. Today, my co-host is Jennifer Griffiths, who is the owner in, uh, of Tech for Techs. How are you doing today, Jennifer? I'm doing very well, Phil. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Thank you very much for asking. We have three guests today from Target Components. Uh, I will now hand over to Paul, um, Paul Cubbage of Target Components, who will introduce everyone there and tell us about Target. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jenny. Uh, hello to everybody who's, who's watching. It's a little bit strange that we can't see you all this time of year. We'd normally all be in the same room doing a Q&A. Um, I'm joined by Sonia, who's our Customer Relations Manager, and as I'm sure many of you know, is my missus, which is why there's no social distancing here. And I'm joined by Carl. We are social distancing. We are. We've Hello. Tested. Carl, who's our sales director. Hi, Phil. Hi, Jenny. Hello, everyone. Hi, Sonia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hello, Carl. Hello. Hello, nice Carl. Hi, Jenny. Right, okay. It looks like we've got a few people tuned in and watching. So uh, someone you may know called Martin Kirby says, yes, he can hear us. Um, so that's good to see. Um, right. If anyone has got any questions for the guys at Target, can you please put in the comments area um, just below? That way we can obviously ask them the questions a bit later. Um, so make sure you're commenting, if you can, in the Tech for Tech Facebook group if you are a member. Uh, if not, then we'll tell you how to basically uh, join up later in the show. But let's uh, go with the first question. I think Jen's got the first question. What is it you've got to ask, Jen? Uh, this goes straight over to Paul. What piece of advice would you give to our techs? What piece of advice would I give to your text? Um, that's a really good question. There's, there's not one piece of advice. It depends on the type of business and uh, the type of person. We used to do, when we did the shop talk, business advice, there's never a one-size-fits-all bit of advice. We've had to boil it down to something that we see quite typically. Um Business is about offering something that people want. But the crucial part of that is making sure that people want it, know about it. And one mistake that we uh, quite often see in, uh, in, in our channel, particularly resellers, is that doing a great service is seen as being enough. And it's not. There's a lot more than that. It's making sure that you tell people that you're doing a great service and that you... Uh, portray the service that you're doing in the right kind of way. So I suppose one piece of advice will be don't assume that you can build it and they will come. Make sure that you're telling people you're presenting yourself in the right, the right way um, and you perceive things how your customers and potential customers will perceive them. So if, you, if you've got an independent retail store, for example, um, view it with a fresh pair of eyes regularly. Looking, is it is it uh, is it kept in good condition? Are the products placed well? Are you making it easy for people to ask you questions? Are you making it easy for people to see products? This sort of thing. 
So if I could boil it down to one simple thing, is try and see the world through other people's eyes and work out how you get your message across to them. There's some good advice. Right, next up, um, we've got a question, and it says, I've been using a number of suppliers over the past few years and have yet to use Target. Why should we use Target? What do you offer that no one else does? Um, we could. It's a good question, Phil. We could spend hours answering that question. What we're probably not brilliant at is trying to boil all that down into a nice little elevator uh, pitch. So I would say probably the... Uh, the key difference with us, I think we've got a very different DNA as a distributor than anybody else. Uh, and that probably goes back to the philosophy of the business and a little bit probably in the history of the business and who we traditionally supported. Um, when I say the philosophy of the business, Penny dropped with us in the early noughties that uh, without our customers being successful, we won't be successful. So our mission became to help as many of our customers to be successful. And the more people that we help and the more successful we help them to be, the more successful we will be. So that historically plays into um, some of the innovations that we've come out with over the years, all designed to help our customers be more successful. So you'll know plenty of these, but things like uh, TC Freenet, Redmond Web Shop, uh, Resale Product Grocery, the ABC, Flexible Product Feeds, uh, tech Skillshare, um, Install PC Builder, you know, a whole host of these things. And you can see it's it's in the DNA of the business that our obligation isn't just to uh, try and increase our sales, it's to try to support our customers because that's our bedrock going forwards. Um, what difference that makes in the day-to-day, -day, because that, that alone makes us different. It doesn't necessarily make us better it doesn't mean that people should choose us but i think if you look at the product range that we offer we've got a, a, a breadth and a depth in the range that has pretty much something for everybody we've got the brands you would expect us to do we've got product areas that you'd expect and plenty that you wouldn't expect and where we're probably a little bit different is we we do a lot of brands that offer something different for our customers um, I'd use a couple of examples. It'd be things like uh, Pixel Monitor Range, where this is exclusive to us. They are far, far better priced than equivalent monitors. And because they're exclusive to us, we control the distribution. They're not overtraded. There's margin in it for resellers. And that's, that's the kind of thing if we're bringing a brand on board, where is the value in that for our customers and how do we preserve the value in that for our customers? So we like things like that that can win business for our customers, but also make margins. Uh, Marvel would be another example. Lots of um, things that we direct import from the Far East. So I think it's I think we've got in range-wise, we've got everything you would expect and plenty on top. And I suppose in the DNA and the philosophy, how does that play out day to day? I think that makes us um, makes us more approachable, more flexible. We're probably more down to earth than the most. We like to think we're fair and honest in everything. That plays its way out in the in the service that we deliver, the reliability of what we do. 
I'm not going to a whole host of stats, but for example, we've got 99.95% order accuracy, which is a testament to the guys in the warehouse team. Um, and as I'm sure yourself and many others have, have experienced, it means we are very, very different when our customers have a problem and how we, how we can step in and help resolve those problems. And we've got examples. We could go on for weeks and weeks of examples of that. So I think we're a very different animal. We, the key thing, we are distributors and it all comes down to the right price and right product, the reliability of getting it there, but also the service and everything that's wrapped around that. The proof's in the pudding. People who use us know what we're all about. Uh, anybody who doesn't finds out very quickly when they do start using us. Um, now, sort of relatively the newcomer here, because you've been here, what, mm. 15 months? Yeah, about 15 months from outside of the industry. Um, and one of the things that we've been working on since the beginning of the lockdown is with our account managers, we, we're trying hard to be relevant to our customers. We, we, we know it's difficult times. And what we don't want to do is just to be seen to be a a telesales operation, uh, most of our calls are driven by the fact that we're keeping customers up to date with the products that are in demand when we're expecting shipments arriving and what stocks we've got in. And we, we ask the customers the relevant questions. What is it you want to be kept up to date with? What And, and that's what we're about. We want to be different uh, from, from everybody else. We, we, as I said, we're trying to be very relevant so that when customers see we're calling them, they may think, ah, could be something of interest here for me and and pretty much that's what leads our outbound call activity and that's worked quite well for us since the beginning of uh, the lockdown period particularly yeah that's about as short as we could get that one phil <laughs> yeah, so that's quite a short one that one <laughs> <laughs> this one's may or may not have been covered in another question that i asked you but i'll ask it because it was asked of me um, what is the biggest mistake you see techs making? Yeah, I think that's probably, I, I would look at that from, um, uh, from the business point of view again. And it's, it goes back to the first question. It's, it's don't hide your lights under a bushel. Um, I suppose we're going to break one more because we've done a hell of a lot of work. You'll be aware we did a hell of a lot of work on pricing in the Shop Talk Advice and we, we ran the National Retail Price comparison for a number of years um i suppose if i if i could pick one other it's um value what you do and typically particularly around the service elements um built pcs and so on um particularly independent retailers and smaller resellers tend not to value what they do so that would be thinking that the only way that you can add value is to try and be cheaper than everybody else. Now, that's that's our challenge as a DISTI because we're a DISTI. If you've got the service element, the advice, the expertise, the years and years of experience, whatever qualifications you may have, all of this has a value. And it's reflect that value in your price and don't be afraid of it. And one sort of anecdotally, we've, we've said this many, many times over the years, we used to spend a lot of time when we did the shop talk business advice telling people to put the prices up on services and it's a real difficult argument to have with people because it's almost counterintuitive people believe if you put the prices up you will sell less 
what you actually do is you you place a level of quality on or perceived quality on your services by the pricing that you set. So if you price at the bottom end of the market, you are saying that is all our services are worth. So if it's a laptop repair or whatever screen replacement, if you're at the cheapest in the market, you are saying we are the worst in the market. And I'm sure that's not the message that people are trying to get across. The people that we managed to talk into, and there's probably a few um, logging into this today, but the people we managed to convince to increase the prices on services all came back to us and said the same things. We put the prices up and we sell more to more people now than we did at the lower price. So I suppose one other thing is, is, is to value the service that you provide and reflect it in your pricing. Don't, don't be on a race to the bottom all the time. Yes, absolutely. Um, I can testify to that. Um, you may lose some people coming through your door, but they were usually your time wasters to begin with. So you're, you're not really typically losing any trade. You're going to gain the better clientele. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Um, right, next question. Um, this one is regarding Marvo products. So it says, uh, it seems that Target are concentrating on a lot of own brands like Marvo, Ink Labs, and so forth. While these brands are fine, uh, we are finding the choice of known brands more limited. For example, you have a very small selection of gaming keyboards other than Marvo. Okay, um, I'll take that in two parts, Phil, because the first bit's about the uh, the own brand and the exclusive brand products. Um, and certainly, Marvel's a real success story for us and, and based on the numbers for our customers so far. And this is a product, and we've tried this um, two or three times. We've tried to fill that niche of really good quality uh, budget gaming uh, products and it does it phenomenally we get a Marvel container and the world goes absolutely crazy for, um, for people catching up on the orders um, so things like Marvel Pixel yes they are a big part of our focus but again these offer uh, margin opportunities for our customers that you don't get on products that are very very heavily traded and very heavily uh, distributed so that's where we see the value in those types of products. And the numbers of both Marvel and Pixel support that. The number of customers supports that. In terms of the second um, part of the question, uh, not having the range of known brands, I would say we do, and we certainly try to, and the range is expanding and developing all the time. Um, I point on, for example, on the uh, gaming peripherals, uh, we've got Coolmaster there as well and others from time to time that will be in. We will shortly be launching uh, Marvel Pro range, which is a, uh, a bit more higher-end Marvel product. Uh, again, phenomenally competitively priced. Um, I think the proof is in the point because people are selling this stuff. We're going through numbers that are it, it's really blowing the doors off, and that doesn't happen unless people... Uh, place the product in store and it sells or online and it sells and it's really fine. So it clearly is doing the job. Uh, I think the other part of the question was about, uh, was mentioned brands disappearing. 
or am I, am I misinterpreting from a Facebook post? Uh, there was a Facebook post I noticed, so I'll answer that bit as well. We had a comment about um, a thermal take. But I'll, I'll address that sort of more broadly first as well, that if, um, if we no longer, we see so we don't have a brand, we don't offer a brand anymore, most of the time that's because we didn't see the demand, we didn't see the popularity amongst our customers. So that's almost a, a proof of the popularity or lack of a, of a brand for us. Um, there's a specific Facebook post about thermal take. Thermal take's a little bit different. We haven't dropped thermal take. Thermal take had a significant price increase. And so the value proposition of thermal take against Coolermaster, Marvel, the Marvel Pro range that's coming in, just didn't stack up. It was a complete change in the value proposition. So we haven't replenished at the increased rates. We haven't dropped it. We're still in communication with them. We hope uh, some common sense will play out and that will be available again. Um, but we'll play that one by ear. Uh, did that cover all parts of the question, Phil? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that covered most of it. And um, must admit, um, the Marvo stuff, um, I'm going to say, probably aware we've reviewed most of the products from Marvo and we've actually had quite surprising um, view numbers on our YouTube videos of the reviews and was talking like um, over like 30 40,000 people have been watching the the reviews of these products which to be honest I've never never heard of them until you guys got them in obviously I know they're uh, sold in other areas and so forth around the world but uh, but yeah they're uh, doing extremely well as in people seem to be very uh, impressed by them and uh, they want to know more and more information so i must admit i do like that and also the pixel monitors are not far behind as well uh, they're quite popular and i must admit I'm, on my third monitor up here is actually one of the pixel monitors i'm using now and uh, it's uh, just as good quality screen as a, a samsung screen i've got right next to it in all honesty so uh, you can't really tell the difference in quality so i'm actually pretty happy with that so um, just to go back to your previous question um, uh, regarding the pricing increases and so forth, um, we've had someone saying basically, yeah, they've upped their prices on call-outs and so forth, and no one's really uh, commented or said anything bad about it or anything, and that was from Richard Creedy. Just to go back to uh, Marvo, Phil, um, we've been doing Marvo for just over a year now, just mm -hmm. before our last open day last year that we took our first container. Um, it's um, it's really difficult for a distributor to establish a brand here in the UK, um, but Marvo and Pixel we would definitely consider as being established brands now. Um, and um, we're really proud of what what's happened in, in this country with those two brands. And uh, we're, we're looking to just grow it and grow it ever, ever more. We've got a bigger range of pixel range uh, pixel monitors come in, and like Paul said, we've got the Marvo Pro range coming out as well. Um, appreciate the comments on the higher end gaming peripherals. Marvo isn't for everybody. Obviously, people read reviews of the likes of Corsair and Asus and, and brands like that. But Paul won't know this because this only happened yesterday. But currently, talking to Cooler Master about um, expanding the range of peripherals that we stock. So they've got some samples in the Netherlands that we're going to start looking at. Um, so watch this space on that one. 
That's good to know. Um, Sometimes in the shop, I get people asking specifically for the brands you've just mentioned, the Corsair, the Cooler Master. It's what we grew up with. It's what we know. And we can't, we are creatures of habit. Yeah. As gamers are. And we we stick with what we know. So one point with adding on on that, we will, there will always be specific brands that we would not offer, that would not be part of our range. Um, when we look at which brands to range, which brands to, to distribute, we have to be able to offer some value in there. And there are some that, in theory, would be great. There's lots of demand for the brand. We know that. But we can't offer any value in there. So it, it becomes counterproductive for us to offer it. So we don't have a direct relationship with Corsair, for example. At this point in time, it doesn't make a great deal of sense of us stocking a range of Corsair because we wouldn't be able to do it at a at a competitive price. And that would be a case of asking our customers to pay more just for the privilege of, of buying it from us rather than elsewhere. So this, this, we've got to be able to add some value in that relationship for, for it to be worthwhile. But you'll notice over the last... Um, couple of years we've added so many brands to the range we still are we've got some more new ones i dare say there'll be questions about the range coming up so i'm not i'm not going to details now plenty more in the pipeline so it's a constantly evolving uh, offering well it's pretty good that is um it's nice to see you've got new stuff coming in and i must admit i am impressed with your own brands or your exclusive ones as you can probably tell with the reviews Okay, I think your question's up next, Jen. Uh, yes. Um, if you were an independent with a shop, would you see this a time uh, of being a money-making possibilities, even with lockdown, or possibly a time to pack in the shop and just do call-outs? Um, you're talking about keeping the retail, because we had the, the period where, obviously, there was a lockdown retail was was closed. Yeah. Um, I know what a lot of people switched to was doing call-outs, doing as much as they could remotely. Um, we had a, a lot of sign-up for um, our feed and dropship services, uh, a lot of people doing more stuff online, uh, a hell of a lot of people doing more, becoming more active on social media. Now, that's that's when the shops were completely shut. I think we were advising some people, depending on the circumstances, to... Um, keep the shop open as an office, which was completely legitimate, and do it on a on an appointment basis, as long as you've got the social distancing and so on. Um, assuming there's no further lockdown and retail is, is stays open, um, there's a couple of ways of looking at this, and, and one is, I mean, it's been phenomenally, we, we were having a phenomenally busy year anyway, um, and it's continued to do that through uh, through the whole of the lockdown and, and since. And part of the reason for that is that the demand for IT kit has gone through the roof. Now, if you think about what this does to, let's say you're an independent retailer that does services local, businesses local, consumers, you might do home visits, you certainly do lots of repairs coming into the shop, so on and so forth. If you think about what has changed in the pre-COVID world to the post-COVID world, the footprint of of PCs and laptops in the UK has massively, massively increased. 
I'll, I'll go through a very simple example of that. I'm sure we all, we all acknowledge, but you can have a typical household, we say two adults, two kids, two teenagers, whatever, and they've probably all got a mobile phone. And pre-COVID, there might have been no laptop and no PC in the house. Typically, that same household will have at least one, possibly two, three or four laptops or PCs in the house because they've done homeschooling, homeworking, so on and so forth. And that's that's extended across the country. You'll see by, you know, if you track some of the offers we do on printers and webcams and so on, we'll, we'll stick the offer out and an hour later it's sold out. There's thousands of these things in and out. That's the, the, the sort of spike in demand we've had. Now, the longer-term impact of that is that people are not going to go from using a laptop or a PC back to doing the things they're doing on a laptop or a PC on the mobile phone. So that, that footprint now becomes permanent. Some might drop off, but the vast majority is permanent. So when you look at your pool of demand pre-COVID, of all of the people around who may have the need for IT equipment and repairs, and the pool of demand post-COVID, that post-COVID pool of demand is massive in comparison. So, no, my response would be, no, the, the, the future's brighter than it was for independent retailers coming out of COVID than it was going into COVID. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Right, next question is from Michael. Is uh, is why can I buy solid-state drives tre- uh, cheaper online uh, through retailers uh, then I came from Target. Um, I thought the whole idea from buying from distribution was to get the item cheaper to resell. Yep, uh, and it is. And we uh, we saw this one on Facebook a few days ago, about a week or so ago, and Sonia immediately did a comparison. We we do uh, price comparisons every day across our range, so we've got a pretty good feel of who's who's at what on what products. Um, this isn't unusual when we investigate something like this. That I think there were a couple of Kingston products where there wasn't that much difference. We were cheaper, but there wasn't that much difference. But on everything else, there was plenty, as you would expect. And we quite often get this where somebody will, there might have been a product that was cheaper somewhere else. But whenever we do the uh, the full reviews, we ask people for for confirmation, give us the the uh, the site, the order, the whatever it might be, and we go through line by line on this. We are consistently better priced, so that's certainly not something that we see. It's, we actually tested that specifically on the on the full range of SSDs. Now, just to put a caveat to that. That does not mean that distribution will always be cheaper on every product than can be sourced elsewhere, particularly in the online world. But even if we take the internet out of it, if you go back donkey's years, you would see uh, on occasions there might be a, a printer in Staples, for example, that was cheaper going out retail than it was in the distribution channel. So there's always been the possibility for the odd outlier on this. But we do have a lot of work on... Um, on pricing and consistently across a basket of products, we are uh, consistently better priced. So what I would say with anybody who, who gets that, 
uh, anybody who sees something like that gets that impression, gets that feeling, feed it back to us. We have price objection system here where the sales team is supposed to log every price objection. Every price objection is uh, investigated by the buyers. Um, but as I say, we look specifically into SSDs on the day that post was put on Facebook. And apart from a couple of lines where we were only slightly lower priced, we were much, and there were Kingston, which are obviously heavily traded lines, uh, everything else we were much, much lower priced. So the, the simple answer is you shouldn't. You might get the odd outlier, but you shouldn't. Distribution is consistently uh, cheaper than online. That's our job at the end of the day. Okay, well, I think that one answers that. Uh, I think your question's next up, Jen. Yeah, um, this one came from Anonymous. Um, being that Target is celebrating, what, 22 years now? Yeah, I got that right. <laughs> 22 <laughs> years now. Um, they want to know what is the key to success in business? Uh, this is an anonymous question submitted. Uh, key to success. I don't think there is one key to success. I think you've got to have a purpose. You've got to have a, an identity. Any business needs to do something that people have a demand for and needs to communicate with those customers and potential <clears throat> customers to make it clear what that offering is and how it, how it benefits uh, customers. Um there's no one, one simple answer to what makes a business successful. I think you've got to get the basics right, and quite often you've got to get the – there are two sides, I would say, um, tie in. One is get the, uh, the mood right, the personality right. That's the culture within the business, the morale within the business and so on. And the other is uh, execution. It's, it's about doing things well. Everything always comes down to doing things well. You can have the best ideas in the world – if you can't execute on things, let's say, for example, with our range of pricing, we cocked up every single order, nobody would, would persist in buying from us. So you've got to get your execution right at, at, at pretty much across the board and always be taking a step back and evaluating and looking at how you can be better. I'd say one thing that, that probably differentiates us a little bit, uh, and this was highlighted the other day, I can't remember who we were talking about the other day, but their response to feedback was to tell everybody that they were wrong all the time, almost at, at the start. In fact, I remember who it is, but I won't, I won't name names. You've got to be genuinely, um, generally interested, generally curious in what your customers and potential customers think about you and what you offer. And that includes things that you might not, might not fit your view of the world. So it's been genuinely hungry, the feedback that you can use to get better as a business and be objective about it. You know, this, uh, we all make mistakes. We all make bad decisions at times. Don't cling on to the bad decisions. Be prepared to acknowledge when you've got something wrong and put it right. So no one simple thing. There's a whole, whole series of factors. And it, it, the basics are get the basics right, get the mood right, get the personality right. That will be my take. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to say it's quite hard to answer that question, isn't it, really? It is. Right, next question we've got is regarding Open Day, uh, which obviously should have been today. We've been cancelled this year. 
do you plan on another event next year? And if so, what plans do you have? Yes, that's that's really, really, uh, the simple answer is we have no idea. Um, obviously, the situation's out of our control. Bizarrely, um, I suppose two sides to this. One is, particularly, we were talking last night that, and Sonia was saying we should be in the bar meeting and greeting people and mm. round about this, well, not a little bit later than this time, we'd be doing a Q&A in the, in the room with a bar at the far corner. We'd probably have Lee bringing me a pint over halfway through as mm. he's done the last couple of years mm. um, with a room full of people. and So that's a big miss for us in terms of the, if you like, the social elements of it. Um, having said all that, we would have really, really struggled to have done an open day this year because it's been so phenomenally busy. Yeah. Uh, we can't plan an event next year because we've no idea when we'll be able to have an event. Um, I think what we'll probably do is play it by ear, but have have something smaller that we can throw together reasonably quickly, even when we ever get through this, this sort of um, pandemic. So something a bit more like a new tech or a game tech that is probably far more social, maybe get 100 or so people, just have a drink and, and have a good natter with people again. So we're, we're keen to do that as soon as we can. Planning, planning the open day really takes about 12 months. So it'll be, it'll be a while, even if we were planning to start planning the next open day as soon as if there was an end point to the pandemic, it would still be another 12 months at least after that before we could hold one. So it's all up in the air at the moment, Phil. It's um, as soon as we can do something, we might just do a series of sort of smaller events, uh, more social events, a little bit more fun like the game tech and new tech and we do the auctions, we still do the Q&As, we could still do the business brainstorm, this sort of thing. But do it in a room above a pub somewhere with 100, 150 people in. I must so, say, so, uh, game tech was very much a success. Um, I even I made a lot of contacts there for tech for techs, uh, as well as new tech. So things like that, they are not just uh, great for you guys to get your name out there and what you sell. It's great for people like myself to get out there and make contacts with. So those are always appreciated. Totally agree with that, Jenny. It's it's not just for our benefit, the open day, but we've seen it so many times, like you say, where people have actually made really, really good contacts. Um, and the only time they get to see each other is at the events that we hold. Um, and, you know, we, as soon as we can do it, we will. And we, we have missed it. And it really hit home yesterday when it was supposed to be today. But, yeah, like Paul says, it, it, it would have been very difficult for us to hold this year anyway. Um, due to the, how busy we've been. I think one, one last point on that as well. One um, uh, additional restriction on the open day as opposed to a smaller, sort of more uh, informal event is we have to get the tie-in from the vendors. Yeah. And, of course, they're planning in many cases to come from overseas or the Far East or whatever, and they've got to get that commitment quite away in advance. So... No, I think we'll look to do something smaller, more, more just a, 
almost a bit more like a party, you know, just um, an opportunity to get everybody together and have a drink and a natter and a catch up and share ideas and advice and, and you know the usual sort of social element of the of the open day rather than the the big exhibition and all the rest of it. But we'll do that as soon as we can. I think Carol's only experienced one. Just one, yeah, so far, yeah. Yeah, we've had um, a few people comment on that, saying the new tech game tech would be a good one. And um, Justin Hay says, uh, lots of small free bar events would nail it. <laughs> yeah. um, Justin is the reason to put a cap on free bars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Right, next question. I think that one's to you, Jen, but I think they've pretty much answered that one already. Yeah, um, so I'm going to just go on down to my next question that I have for Paul um, or Sonia, whoever wants to answer it. What are some of the ways Target helps independent traders? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we've talked about some of the, the elements the range elements, we, we think we offer something that is uh, different from and uh, different from what else is in the market and beneficial to our customers. We always focus very much on, on what we think can create margin, what we think can create excitement. We've talked about Marvel before, so I'm not, I'm not banging on about that. Um, if you look historically at the – we've had all sorts of things – designed to help customers and most of these are designed to help either specifically independent retailers in terms of the national retail price comparison or smaller resellers who uh, tend to be more open to these services and advice and so on. Um, things we've got at the moment, we'd say obviously the range, obviously the pricing, obviously the um, what you get from us when you deal with us, the way that we deal with problems. Um, prime example would be the way we supported many people through COVID and the lockdown in terms of the credit control. So we're very much more flexible, um, more approachable. Um, in terms of services, we've got the flexible product fees, which could well be and has been used by a lot of people, a lot of independent retailers when the lockdown kicked in to get the web business to supplement, even if that's to an existing customer base, to be able to supplement the web business. We do the drop shipping that supports that. We've got the install PC builder, which um, very popular in, in uh, Indies and has a very old figure. was about 360 trillion uh, PCs available in store. It'll be a lot more than that now. Sorry, because it's probably a lot more than that. Um, we, it took us a long time to work out the 360 trillion, and it took a lot of math, so I don't think we've, we've been in a rush to do it since. Um, so, yeah, all sorts of services, all sorts. I'd say, again, you need the reliability and you need people on the end of the phone who are there if you have a problem if something goes wrong, because we can all be heroic when everything's going to plan. Uh, you really become a hero when things go wrong. And that's that's a point of difference of us generally. But I think you you know, you have spoke to other independent retailers at the Open Day, so you know, you know I'm, I'm telling you things you already know here, Jenny, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah, and you're right. You do uh, come to us as, as the hero when we need it. And 
I, I will say uh, I, I placed my order wrong online one day. And I just knew that my other half was going to kill me. So I rang up and I, I couldn't get Sean to the phone. Uh, I said, oh, my God. Oh, please. And someone else answered. I said, I really need Sean to call me back like now. <laughs> and he calls me back and he gets it sorted out. And everything was placed as it should have been the first go. And uh, considerable price change as well. <laughs> but, um yeah, he's, he's yeah. saved my bacon more than once, Sean has. And it makes a difference when you know that you can call someone up and say, look, I have just really messed this up. Uh, can we get this straightened out? And That's good to hear, Jenny. And I think that's something that for quite some months we've worked very hard with the account managers to stress the importance of, of dealing with any questions or queries or problems with customers because if we can deal with those effectively and immediately, it helps the relationship, it mm. helps the businesses. And uh, again, I said earlier uh, in, in the meeting that we try to be relevant to our customers so we don't take one approach to all customers. We know that customers all have their own preferences of, of how we communicate with them when we communicate with them, what we talk to them about. So we really do try hard to tailor that contact between ourselves and the customer. The theory being, uh, if we're, we're relevant uh, and, and we view it as a support, people are happy to take a call from us rather mm. than we're just being called again by somebody who just wants to sell us lots of things we don't want. So it's something that's yeah. always uppermost in our mind. It's relationships as well, yeah. isn't it? It's the... it it is. If you if you aren't looking after your customers, why would you expect to have a relationship with your customers? You know, you, you're not going to. Um, and it is that that stepping in when things go wrong. These these things. I can remember years and years ago um, speaking to the sales team. I'll go back. This is before we started doing open days, and just stressing that point that running away from problems is absolutely the worst thing you can do. That's your opportunity to solve it. And everybody in the business will back you up solving the problem for the customer. So be a hero, take the opportunity. And that's that's evolved, I think, probably all the time that you've been here, Sonia. What's that? 12, 13 years. Yeah. You'll have experienced it when you can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's important to us. Yeah, it well, is. That's... It's also... Sorry, just to go back to the original question, sorry I didn't to interrupt you there, um, Paul missed something off um, in terms of the support that we offer to Indies. <laughs> um, we do offer um, point of sale material here, uh, we've got it here in the warehouse. Um, we, whenever we get sent anything from, from vendors, we, we create POS packs that obviously help you um, make your shops um, look better and helps you promote the brands that, you know, that we're selling. Um, if we don't have point of sale material available, then you can always download it from, from our website. Um, most products have marketing material tabs where you can download it and actually print it off yourself as well. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, you can use us for point of sale material, even things like empty boxes um, that um, from the builds that we do. Um, you know, uh, some of these uh, high-end graphics cards, motherboards, cases, etc. you know, you can use uh, to put into your store, make your store look really, really presentable with no cost to yourself. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just to your account manager or myself, and we can we can just certainly help out with that. 
Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good. We've got quite a few questions coming in and we've still got lots to ask. So I'm not sure if we'll get a chance to answer every single question today. But if we don't, Target will actually reply to them uh, individually. Obviously, we'll uh, post them for everyone uh, if any of them don't get asked. So the next question is, uh, is there any plans for a Target Express type system for deliveries on small items? Uh, something with either a yearly subscription or a VIP club uh, with the likes of Amazon being so aggressive with their price and it's often difficult to warrant postage costs on, for example, SSDs, RAMs, flash memory and so forth uh, when they need something quick and small in quantity. Uh, and that's from Graham at Celtic Computers. Yeah, um, I'll answer this as, as quickly as possible, given time. Um, I think as Graham mentioned in the first book course, this has been raised at the Q&A in the past. Uh, we've looked at it, the quick answer is no, we have no plans to introduce something like that. It would either have to be paid for or we'd be subsidising, we were subsidising that bigger orders, paying for uh, smaller orders. Uh, which doesn't make sense. Single small value orders are uh, sort of the most costly to do anyway. So to subsidise that with uh, more efficient orders won't make a lot of sense. The idea of paying a subscription kind of works only if it balances out, but I'd be uncomfortable asking for somebody for a chunk of money just to do it. Uh, this is another one, Amazon changing the world, and Amazon's kind of changed the world because every time they can get one customer signing up to Prime. They have one subscriber for the TV channel, which is the big aim behind it. Uh, obviously, we don't have a TV channel, so, so we, we don't have that opportunity. Um, we did, just very briefly, we did, we're always trying to look at ways of cutting the costs uh, on everything, but including on the shipping. And we did trial the post office as a solution, which we were quite enthusiastic about as having a really low-cost solution on uh, smaller orders. But it really didn't work. We did a trial period and it just didn't work for us. Um, didn't have a lot of take-up and isn't the solution to that. One other thing we have got coming in, which is not necessarily for the smaller orders, but again, another one will be announcing that we... we, we soon as we can, we'll be revisiting is the DPD ship to shop scheme, uh, which is a good way of um, getting Saturday, Sunday, uh, cheaper deliveries. Uh, but we'll announce more on that. We'll get to it. But to go back to Graham's uh, initial question, um, no, we've nothing in the pipeline on that. Okay, thank you for that. I think your question's up next, Jim. It is. Um, this is a two-part question, so bear with me. What are Target looking to do, if anything, regarding products and warranty issues? Where are where we are refunded to referred, sorry, to the uh, manufacturer for a warranty claim? Surely the idea of buying from and, uh, and supporting Target is to have issues dealt with by them and not a third party. If, for instance, something arrives DOA or with fault. And that's from Ben. Part B of that is from Anonymous. I can send items back to Amazon with a warranty to get a refund right away. I don't have to go directly to a specific manufacturer to do it. So why can't Target do the same? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
essentially the, the same question, I think. Um, the vast majority of the products we do, the warranty is, is back to us. Uh, and of course, we're turning our days around typically one day in the department and a nice slick uh, online automation system and so on. Where we don't, it's because we can't, and that's restrictions placed by um, manufacturers. So we have more problems with manufacturers. It's, it, it's obvious the reason people don't like to use manufacturer warranty because they are not as good at looking after things as, as we are. And we understand that. We, we completely acknowledge that. We don't do it to be awkward. It's on the minority, the vast minority of the products, and it's because that is the system that we are allowed to use. Now, we do, when people have problems, as I said before about dealing with problems, we do intervene in exceptions. The problem, we, the obvious question to that is, well, why don't you jump in every time and intervene? And the answer is because we're doing it by exception with the manufacturer. And if we were doing it 6, 10, 20, 30 times a day or a week or whatever, that manufacturer is not going to do us a favour as an exception. So, yeah, I, I understand the frustration. Just one last bit to the... To finish on that, we are undergoing uh, essentially a review of the whole sort of warranty anime process offering. So this this is not something that will be quick. Um, this is something that will probably take us months to get to because it's in, involving all kinds of departments. So we are sort of evaluating the offering across the board as as we do periodically with everything that we do. So uh, there may be. Who knows when we when we get through that whole evolution, there may be some changes we make. But as I say, if, if there are warranties that are manufacturer warranties, that's because that's what we have to do, not because that's what we choose to do. I think that answers that one yep. uh, pretty clearly. Thank right, you. next one um, we've got. Uh, I tried to set up a target account when I launched my business, but I never got a reply, uh, reply after explaining it was a new company, even though I was a cash buyer. Uh, it's in theory, well, we've looked, there isn't, um, there isn't an open application and it's impossible to close an application without a response. So there will be one of, one of three responses uh, one, as, as you'll be aware, we're a trade-only IT distributor. So for somebody to set an account up with us, the only thing we want is evidence that you are in the IT trade. Um, and to weed out people who, somebody who's got a full-time job but just does a bit of eBay stuff one, one or two nights a week from the bedroom, it's not fair to supply people in that situation with the same kind of prices as somebody who's invested in a shop or spent a lot of money setting up a website or buying offices or, or whatever. Um, so that's our only criteria. Now, we will respond to an account application in one of three, three ways, and it's automated when the application is closed. We either set up an account, in which case you get a welcome pack, all the details you need, and you'll very soon have to get a call from the account manager or we would ask for more information. We would send a questionnaire if, if we don't have sufficient evidence to justify setting up a trade account. We send a questionnaire out asking additional questions. So that is automated through the system. That would have gone to the email address that was on the account application form. And the only other response could be a, a rejection. 
uh, which would usually, I think, state the reasons, but even when uh, we reject an account, that's because we do not believe that it's a genuine IT trade account, but we can and we do, and it happens quite regularly. If somebody gets in touch with us and says, I don't agree with this, and provides information that proves us wrong, if you like, or gives us pause for thought, we're quite happy to go back and revisit the um, uh, the decision in the first place. So I don't understand anybody that, that it's possible for anybody not to have had a response. There will have been a response. It might have been a response asking for further information, or it might have been a rejection on the uh, on the grounds of trade. But I think we make it clear in the email that if you disagree, get back in touch, talk to us about it. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good answer. What I'd suggest is if anyone doesn't get a response or reply on anything, is you contact the place and uh, uh, double check because well, communication. Yeah, I think this was this was mentioned that this was a Facebook post from a few days ago again, Phil, and I think William replied to it. It went through exactly the same thing with us, um, whose initial application just didn't convince. And again, it's it's people's ability to put down things on the application that. That demonstrates it. Well, I, I think I had a couple of email conversations with William. He, he got set up with account. So, um, yeah, we're not inflexible. This is the the thing I was saying earlier that we we make decisions for the right reasons to protect our customers. But we're quite more than happy to hold our hands up if somebody gives us more information. So, okay, we got that decision wrong. We're, we're certainly not inflexible. I think. All right. Yeah, I was just about to say that, you know, please provide as much information as you can on the application form. And if we do send you a questionnaire, it's because there isn't enough information on, on the application form. And then, you know, please provide as much information, answer the questions clearly and honestly. And we, we do look at all applications um, very well. So, um, yeah, just, just, just provide as much information as you can. Just to clarify, being a, a brand new setup, a uh, new account, new business, none of that precludes having an account. But mm. what we're looking for in that example is some genuine commitment. So everybody's got to start somewhere, but some genuine commitment, a genuine plan of, of what that business is going to be. Uh, even better with this investment in premises, offices, a store, a company setup is even better. Um, but as, as I'm sure the members will know, we've supported so many new startups over the year that I think the question was sort of saying, is, uh, is it because I'm a new startup? I don't know. We've supported loads and loads of new startups. We just need to be sure that it's an IT trade. Uh, and, and just to clarify, um, that doesn't mean a bricks and mortar store that could no, be called no. out as well. No, we deal with all sorts of customers, all sorts of sectors of the channel and all shapes and sizes, uh, large and small. So no, it's, that doesn't mean if you don't have a shop, you can't have an account. And just to, just to clarify, having an account with us can be cleared funds or on credit. We're not asking you to put, to pass any credit checks or anything like that. We're asking you to, you know, to confirm that you're a legitimate business. And lots and lots of our customers do trade with us on cleared funds. Absolutely. All right. Our next question is, what software does Target use for uh, testing its custom-built computers and for how long? Yeah. Uh, 
depends on the PC is the is the sort of simple answer. Uh, we run Mentest at least twice, uh, and either PC check or pass mark uh, for a minimum of two hours. That would be on a basic build. Uh, depending on the memory, if it's got 32 gig or more of memory, that will be tested overnight. Um, but we've got a whole suite of software that we can use. It depends on the spec of the of the build of the machine. So, you know, it's um, if it's if it's got high graphics capability, excuse me, or it's being used for rendering or something of that ilk, we'll use specific afterburner or something of that ilk, specific graphics testing. So, we have. We have basic things that, as a minimum, will be applied to every build, and as a minimum, every build will have minimum two hours um, testing time. Okay. I think that answers that one, doesn't it? Are you guys all right for a few more minutes? Um, yeah, fine. Yes, fine. Yeah, you can also. If you say you, if you just um, run out of time, just say, and because obviously I know you guys are busy. So, I'm, right. I'm, so, I'm still waiting for the ones trolling Sonia. We're still going to get there. <laughs> Uh, I do have a couple actually, but I'll leave them to So I'll cover these ones first, then we'll get to those ones. Um, right. Will there be any form of online version of the in store PC builder where customers can buy and order PCs online or a way we can add it to a shopping service like Shopify? We are finding it hard to use the in store PC builder due to social distancing. Uh, I'm guessing that's uh, we found that issue because obviously you can't stand right next to the person and show them how to use it. Um, so uh, I'm wondering if, or they're wondering if there's a way of doing an online version of it. I'll, I'll come on to that in a second, Phil, but I don't know if it's a worthwhile solution or not, but if you had twin screens on uh, on a system, that might be a way of going through. That's what we do. <laughs> That's basically what we do. I stand behind the, the counter with the, the, the uh, poly yeah. screen between us, and I just turn the screen yeah. while I configure it, and we work well like that, so, yeah. Excellent. Uh, in terms of the online version, we do have uh, a few customers who've, who've, who are using it online because they've done that themselves. In terms of our plans to put it online, um, we've nothing. We've got a whole uh, backlog of IT development projects in the pipeline. This is not one of them, and the main reason is we have issues around the login element so because it goes that extra level if you're using the install pc builder you are logging into the management system but then there's a whole extra level of you having builds for your customers and the logging online and saving carts and all this sort of thing which uh, adds a massive degree of complexity to it so we, we have looked at it a couple of times and um we just keep throwing it to the bottom of the list of, of things to come back and look at in a year or two. So no, no imminent plans. We understand the demand. It's nice that there's the, the demand there, but it's the, the additional complexity. It's not a quick and easy job for us to do it. That's not to say other people can't do it themselves, but that, that is then with our customers taking all the risk of doing that themselves rather than us adopting all the risk of doing that. So no, nothing in the pipeline at the moment, but we are... We are aware of the demand and we have discussed it numerous times. Okay. And our next question uh, from another uh, uh, viewer. 
was we have noticed you are now selling TP-Link. Will TP-Link be replacing Tenda as we notice that Tenda products seem to be slowly disappearing? Uh, we're not doing TP-Link. It's Mercusys, which is a TP-Link company. And it sits at the price point sort of below TP-Link, which is traditionally where Tender occupied. Uh, no, it's not a direct replacement for Tender. It sits in kind of the same space. Um, but we've got an obligation to our customers to uh, provide range of products that, that, uh, that, that you have demand for. Um, the issue with Tender really is that some of the availability, they've had problems with availability over probably the last six months, 12 months. We have to fill those spaces. So Mercusys is coming to sit alongside Tender. It's not intended as a replacement for, for Tender. That's good. Okay. Over to you. Right. Uh, okay, this one's regarding F-Secure. So... Uh, at Open Day two years ago, I was told about F-Secure Revenue Share. I was already selling the product anyway, so I decided to pursue pursue the Revenue Share via Target. And F-Secure, uh, up to now, have yet to see a penny from it. I have contacted F-Secure, and they say they need information from Target for the portal, but after numerous attempts, I have gotten nowhere getting the information from you. And that's from Addy. It's uh, Addy. Um... Yeah, we knew nothing about this, incidentally, until it was posted on uh, Facebook. But parallel to that, I think, Carl, I think you've been informed just before the Facebook post had gone up. Carl was yeah. dealing with it and had a conversation last Monday with it. It was Monday last week that I, I wasn't aware of any outstanding issues. And uh, our account manager uh, passed the message on. I contacted AD um, and took all the details. F-Secure, we're waiting for some um, information from us to be able to process some things for him. We went and found the information, uh, passed that on to F-Secure Direct. Uh, they acknowledged uh, receipt of that. Uh, I think I, I probably had uh, seven or eight conversations with Aidy in the space of about two days along with our buyer. We, we really... Uh, we really resolved that uh, within a couple of days. Uh, we provided all the information. We've asked Eddie to keep us in touch to make sure everything is seen to from his perspective. And we're happy to help him if we can, although we've, we've passed any, everything on at that stage. Uh, so as, as far as I'm aware at the moment, um, that, that one has actually been dealt with. Now, we, we just weren't aware of the problem, and it goes back a couple of years as well. If you're watching AD, send Phil a thumbs up and a thumbs down. If it's sorted, send a thumbs up. If you're not, send a thumbs down. AD, well, it's always a thumbs up. You do know that. <laughs> there we go. Right, one last question before we go into the live ones. Um, will Target be getting uh, Mars licenses to sell to us abandoned MSRR customers? And that's from Richard. It's what, sorry, I didn't Shall hear that, Phil. Phil? Will Target be getting MARS licenses to sell to us abandoned MSRR customers? Do you need a translator? Please. <laughs> I think what he's saying is, is um, or from what I can tell, is um, Microsoft's abandon, uh, abandoning their um, system where they... Uh, um, you uh, can get the refurbisher licenses. Oh, 
and uh, I think he's asking, are you going to be doing anything to help along that line? Or at least that's how I'm reading it anyway. Uh, I suspect none of us have a clue at the moment, but no. send, us, send us the question through, fellow. We'll get, um, we'll get the purchasing guys to, to look into it. Okay, that's no problem then. So I had a feeling from the look of your face that you didn't understand that one. I struggle to be fair. <laughs> I was lost on chocolate bars. And yeah. bars so. yeah. There we go. I had to, um, it's uh, very similar to the uh, question we had in the pre-show about AFK. And I had to explain to you what one of those um, uh, but yeah, there's that, that, that many um, things where they shorten words and stuff and it makes um, weird sense sometimes and I had to ask someone the other day and I thought oh, that sounded absolutely stupid asking them what the hell is a pixie uh, and I know what it was but I just didn't know of it in that name so right okay are we ready to go live then for questions yeah, some of the live questions okay. now so uh, first question would Target ever consider employing someone or getting a third party in to help with their customers set up an XML service and live feeds, as I feel it could be grateful, gratefully beneficial for both parties. Uh, we've got That's two things great. going on at, at the moment, just to cover this off uh, quite briefly. For We've got two things going on at the moment. One is uh, the flexible feed system, which we've had for, for years. It was the first, probably still the only one of its kind. Mm. Um, it's a brilliant system, but it's not particularly intuitive. That's all being revamped and reshaped, and we'll have uh, models for some of the um, some of the standard e-commerce sites, possibly Shopify, Amazon, this sort of thing. So we've got the flexible feeds uh, rewrite and revamp. Uh, we've also got a, um, a project going on in the background that's been going on for a while now, which is about EDI links. So, yes, that whole area is, uh, there's two IT projects at the moment in that area. So, yeah, it's a little bit watch this space. Okay, well, that's interesting. That's one thing I always like about Target. You've got all those extra facilities or you're always working on something to help us sell more products, which I don't tend to find via other distributors. So, um, for example, the install PC builder, that's a really big tool for us. That's, so, that's got to be one of the best tools I've ever come across. It saves me countless hours of researching. I can quote on the fly. I know exactly what's going to work where and why it, or why not even. And what I need to rearrange to make it work, it makes the quoting process go from, uh, I think the quote process was about an hour. And, and that was if I had the research uh, down to about five, 10 minutes. Yeah. So. That's good to one, of the, one of the best backhanded compliments I think the install PC builder ever got was when we, we had an outage a couple of years ago. <laughs> the website went down and the phone went down and somebody posted on Facebook, um, the install PC, bear in mind this is a free service, the install PC was down, Target, you are destroying my business. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, probably the best backhanded compliment we, we've had for a yeah. service. Yeah, we're really right. proud of that. I remember okay. that actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, next question is from Steve Barker. Um, I feel like I'm panicked buying laptops and components and carrying much more stock than normal ready for Q4. Do you think that this is a good move? And what will your stock levels be like towards Christmas? And are prices going to rise? So this is it a good move to stock up on products? Um, Basically, yeah. Was that the first part of the question? Yeah. Yeah, he says um, it's panic buying. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, we've got several things going on at the moment. Um, we're back into that sort of almost lockdown mentality, which has seen another massive spike this week. The spike has never really gone away. Certain products, um, from our point of view, they're out as soon as they're in. You know, we get a couple of thousand webcams in and they're out virtually as soon as they come in. Uh, will we have stock? Yes, you've seen over the entire period. What what we've got is a very rapid churn on some of these high demand items, but we're still getting reasonable supply on most items. Um, laptops have gone into a bit of shortage again at the moment, but it's that lockdown mentality coming back in and the big spike that we had in the sort of third week in March coming back. Pricing wise is an interesting one because we've got. We've got various things going on. There are shortages on certain CPUs at the moment, shortages on certain boards that typically drives the prices up. We've got the uncertainty over, I'll mention it, nobody has so far, uh, the uncertainty over Brexit, which has impacted the exchange rate, particularly as the no deal looks more and more likely. So sterling has weakened recently. That drives the prices up. Uh, so there's a whole host of factors playing a part at the moment. In terms of the impact on pricing, really it's not easy to, to predict the impact on pricing two weeks down the line. So a couple of months down the line, who knows? If we were, for example, to get uh, some kind of deal with the EU, sterling would appreciate, prices would come down. If lockdown looks, or going into a full lockdown looks less likely, um, demand will sort of uh, plateau a little bit, the pressure, upward pressure on prices will come down. Some of the supply issues on certain products will get sorted uh, at some point because they always do. That could be quickly, that could be a few weeks, a couple of months, but again, those prices will come down. So, sorry, Steve, I can't advise you on where the prices will be this side of Christmas. I would say the demand now is such that certainly on the high moving products, get as much as you can while you can because it will move. That's certainly what we're seeing at, at distribution level. Okay, that sounds pretty good. I think that pretty much answers this question. And next we've got a question from Ed Squares. I'm going to shrink this down a little bit. But he's basically asking about adding recommended retail prices on your website because he struggles quickly quoting prices to customers because he doesn't have a retail shop. So I'm guessing he's uh, giving people quotes over the phone or uh, on site and so forth. Uh, it's very, very dodgy, recommended retail prices. Uh, in fact, I think they're technically not legal, but we moved on to SRPs, didn't we? Um, but not every product, not every vendor would have an SRP. It's not for us to say what the SRP should be anyway. And I would take the vast majority where somebody 
uh, has an SRP, the brand has SRPs across the products. In many cases, take that with a massive pinch of salt. So I know this doesn't help Ed, but the um, really that decision on pricing is your decision on pricing, not what the RRP should be. So decide across different product range, different services, what level margin you think you should be making, do some comparisons with similar types of business, what's the market, uh, what's the market pricing for things, and take it from there. It's, um, there are no plans for us to be publishing widespread across all products, uh, suggested retail prices. Uh, can I just go back to the last question and so say I'm really disappointed that Steve wasn't trolling Sonia, having promised that he would do. He didn't. I haven't got to the end yet. <laughs> uh, right. Next um, from Kunal is, uh, is there any marketing material available for the Pixel monitors? Uh, good question. I'm not entirely sure what we've got at the moment. We'll look into that. For, we've probably got some digital stuff. Um, I'm not sure we are, where we are in terms of posters or anything like that, but we'll... Again, fire that one across to us with the other one. We'll um, we'll do some digging around on that. I'm not sure what there is at the moment. There'll be, there'll be digital stuff, but I'm not sure about anything else. Scott, who's our marketing uh, marketing guy, he'll be watching this, so he'll be making some notes now. I hope. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Scott's a pretty good guy. I must admit, he's yeah. always helped us with marketing uh, material if we've ever needed any. Right. Okay. Next one. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, is this one's from uh, Stephen Lightfoot? Um, he's saying, is there any way of increasing the credit limit in the uh, busy period? And that's from Steve at Pudsey Computers. Yeah, um, we all our credits insured, and we uh, have to comply with the terms of the. Uh, credit insurance. So we have a limit to what we can do. We are about as clever as we can be at using flexibility within that system. So, but again, we look at we look at credit limits and credit requests in isolation. So there are lots of things we can do, but it's it depends on the situation. It will be very much bespoke to the requirement at the time. So Steve, just going get in touch with us if you've a specific requirement. Um, likewise, on when we went into the lockdown, lots of people sort of panicked over the permit. We took a very light touch approach to uh, credit terms and supported people through that. I'm pretty sure we've not had a single bad debt over the period, which when you consider the, the number of customers we have and over that time period, you would normally have a few in any year, customers that um, that go out to business or whatever. We, I don't, I'm pretty sure we've not had a single one since lockdown started. So, yeah, get in touch. It's, it's specific. There's nothing across the board we can do because generally we're doing the, the limits that we can do. Um, but speak to us and we, we're pretty good at being fairly creative as, as systems dictate. I know Steve's probably got a requirement. I don't know if this will be anything to do with us, but um, I know he's done a and all our laptops for school in, in Leeds. So whether that's uh, giving him a specific sort of um, 
need for higher limits or not, I don't know. But get in touch, Steve, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Steve, you have my direct contact details, so get in touch with me. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Right, next up, oh, this one's from Scott, as in Scott from Target. He says he's got his crayons out now doing, the, no, I'm presuming, the pixel uh, artwork. No, <laughs> 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 you need to tell him to stop chewing them. Yeah. <laughs> that probably explained a few things. <laughs> right, next one. This one's not a question, but this is from Poppy and Graham at Celtic Computers, and they would like to thank you guys for the help and support after the shop was burgled. The new oh. shop is almost ready. Hopefully, Paul and Sonia can visit when it's safer to do so. Thank oh, you, guys. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, yes, we would love to. We, it's one of the things that we've missed over this period. We are we are very risk averse in terms of the uh, coronavirus because we've continued to work in the office. All of our staff, most of our staff are working from home. Most staff that can work from home are working from home. So we have the massive risk here of, of bringing the virus into the building, it getting into the warehouse. We have to shut everything down for two weeks. So we're very risk averse, and one of the frustrations is we can't wait until it's safe to get out and start doing tours again. And one of them that's that's very much penciled in is going across to Wales, and we'll definitely see Graham and Poppy when we're over there. And thank you for the card that you sent as well. Yes, we got one too. It was absolutely <laughs> the cutest thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, next up we've got this one's for Sonia. Are you going to be singing at the end? Is that from Phil at Chips Computers? No, it was actually from Richard <laughs> Creedy. You got, who, who's it from, Phil? That was from Richard Creedy. Ah. Um, um, uh, Phil, I watched your video that you paste, posted on the, the Target user group last night of uh, 2018, and after watching that, I will never sing again. What? Oh. <laughs> that night was fun. I, I really liked it. <laughs> I'll just point out for Richard and everybody else, we've been married, what, 16 years? I have never heard Sonny sing. <laughs> I've heard this distressed wailing noise come out from time to time. I've never actually heard her sing. Um, I'm surprised no one's dan uh, commented about your dancing moves as well, Paul. My dancing moves? I don't have dancing moves. Touche. I don't have <laughs> I get forced to sort of, in an embarrassed way, move a limb slightly. <laughs> got one or two questions left so we're getting there um this one's from gavin and he said uh, i'm not sure if he's joking on this one or not he says can i buy the webcam you are using after you've finished i can sell him the laptop that we're using there we go um, <laughs> And I suppose my answer to that is, is that the best you can come up with, Gav? Yeah. Yeah, moving right we, along. We've got high-quality trolling of Sonia. It's, it's not... It's not yeah. And our next question is... <laughs> All right, let's have a look. Um, doo -doo -doo, that was Martin Kirby looking into something. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Uh, Kunal's saying he needs digital marketing as well. Um, I think that's... A lot of the questions, let me just double check on a couple of other channels. Um, that's regarding returning to Gigabyte, so you've covered that pretty much. Um, 
do I'm not sure if you'd be the best people to answer for this one, but is there any thoughts on backups for the home, backup PCs to NAS or NAS to the cloud, or does NAS just unnecessarily complicate things? I'm not sure if that's really a question for you guys, but uh, I'll let you answer anyway. We, we couldn't give a particularly educated answer on that one, Phil. We've got plenty of people here in court, but we're like the three wise monkeys, so... <laughs> uh, not, not much use on that one. The, the last question, the last question I can see, um, who's and it's been asked a few times actually, who has been the drunkest at Open Day? Uh, I, I want, um, a, a customers um, or staff? <laughs> or both? <laughs> I won't disagree with you, Paul. I won't like to point the finger at anybody in, in particular. Um, it's difficult to say that one. Um, I think that all present company, I don't know about Carl, but you haven't been to an open day, have you? I've been to an open day, yes. You have? I I don't remember that. That lets you know how lit up I was. (laughs) All present company has probably had uh, one too many, and that's putting it politely, at the open day. (laughs) I think, to my knowledge, I've only ever had the last hour of one particular open day where I was actually drunk. And that happened very, very quickly. (laughs) Very unexpectedly. It was about three o'clock in the morning. And I think I was wearing Sonia's fake eyelashes at one point. And the the only mitigating factor to that was there was only about a dozen people left. It was about four o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? But yeah, that's the only time I've I've really been... uh, in a bad way at the open day, unlike Sonia who does it every year. I lost a sandal at at open day (laughs) one year. (laughs) I don't know. I thought I had them on both when I went to the room, but when I got to packing up our bag in the morning, I only had one sandal. Did you have one dirty foot? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I won't tell on the the venue, (laughs) but all I know is I couldn't find my sandal, so... Oh, well. <laughs> Regarding the digital marketing, someone at Target, I don't know if it's Scott Martin or whoever, has commented and says, for the Marvo, there on the products, there is a marketing tab, uh, and you can download, um, obviously, the digital marketing directly from there for the Marvo products. That applies to That's a lot of products. If you actually go onto the marketing tab on, on a lot of brands, we do provide that. Yeah, and yeah. Also we can provide do let us know. That's a really, a really good point, actually, yeah. because you, you have to click on the product and then click on the marketing tab. And we've probably got loads of customers who don't even realize it's there. There's, there can be all sorts of their videos and downloadable stuff and all sorts. So it's always worth having a check if you're, uh, you're selling a product, you're interested in the product, zoom in, click on the product, zoom in, have a look at the tabs that there. There's, there's often lots of useful stuff there. We probably don't do a good enough job of telling people about it. And our Facebook page as well. Um, there's there's lo- loads of stuff that you can use there to use on your own Facebook page. Yeah, uh, so that's good. Um, you also have um, sometimes a review tab as well, which we're mm-hmm. on a lot of those as well because we review the products, especially the Marvo ones. Um, but yeah, um, those extra tabs sometimes uh, people miss them. I must admit, I've missed them now and again sometimes. But you can usually find a lot of the stuff you're uh, wanting on there. Right, I think we've got uh, everything through 
Yeah, I think that's all the questions. I can see what have come through up to now. So is there anything you would like to add, any of you guys, before we wrap it up? Uh, not not really, because this is the part where we would do a pitch for the business, and that's that's not really what this is about. <laughs> uh, just it's a pity that, given the circumstances, we're not doing this in a bar in, in Arrogate with a couple of hundred people around drawing questions and having fun, but... Uh, Different world, different times. We'll look forward to getting to see everybody again uh, as soon as we can uh, because we really do miss it. Um, appreciate all the questions that people have sent across and you and Jenny for putting this on, Phil. Yeah. Well, we may not have had an open day, but we can share a glass of water together, you know. So cheers <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> right, okay then. So I would like to thank Carl, Sonia and Paul for joining us, uh, joining us today. If you are an independent trader, store owner, MSP tech vendor or distributor, you can find out more information about Tech for Techs at techfortechs.co.uk forward slash join. Join over 1,000 members just like you that can give you free business or tech advice and did I say it's totally free to join with no membership fees or cost to you thanks for watching and thanks for supporting independent businesses goodbye everyone goodbye everybody Bye. 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 Bye.